Hello, and broadcasting from the beautiful central coast of California, it's the Dr. Death Danger Radio Show! In HD? Oh. Why is it so loud? It's pretty loud. So loud. How's it going, everyone? Welcome back to the Doctor That Danger Radio Show with your boys James and Edward. Why the fuck am I getting the fucking goddamn bings and dings already? What's poppin', Edward? Hey, what's up, everybody? I'm James. How you all doing? Yeah, and I'm Edward. That's <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> um, we were having a lovely conversation before we started about things such as uh, we were talking about many things, bro. You're gonna have to Dragon be Dragon Ball, Shia LaBeouf, Laura Dern. Yeah, crazy Megan actors Fox, that fu- yeah, crazy actors that made assloads of money, and then once they made their money, it's like, all right, we're good now. We're gonna go fuck off. Oh yeah, and I was telling you, freaking Megan Fox is dating Machine Gun Kelly, but I think I said Machine Head Kelly, and we're like, bro, what the fuck? But they both got like. If we're going to icy blonde tips, fucking Rob Flynn, freaking MGK's got freaking like blonde, freaking messy hair right now and stuff. And he's just like bringing <clears> back <throat> the fucking pop punk revival and shit. But mm. it's like not, but not as fucking goofy dicky, sh- like goofy cholo dicky shorts and stuff. Speaking of uh, a lot more TikTok, freaking like whatever. Lo, I'm hearing supposedly TikToks trying to do retro 2000s fucking fashion. With the fucking weird, like, plaster clothes and, and shit. bleach stained jeans and shit like that. Oh, fuck it. I got bleach, I got bleach stains on my fucking overalls Yeah, but, yeah, right but you got those from working. Yeah, but it actually kind of looks fucking sick, because it looks like there's a fucking color, like, coating right there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it does. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, fucking, gotta... yo, freaking make your clothes sick. Freaking bleach that shit. Or at least, like, freaking do, like, a mist spray, and then fucking throw a little drop splots and shit. I have I'm a- thinking doing that for our own band, getting whatever shirt and throwing some bleach dots all over it and selling it for double the price. I put an effort to make the- ruin this shirt. If that shit sells, I'm going to be mad, but I'm also going to be like, yo. <laughs> yo, dude, bleach stains look actually kind of sick. I'm not going <clears> to. <throat> no, they do. I'm not going like- to doubt that. So I was so say- back into the fashion podcast. And remember, <laughs> listeners, there's a timestamp in the beginning if you ever want to jump to any of our reviews. But basically, we're back today with the usual. We're here to talk about episode 13 of the final season of Attack on Titan. Take a nice little break. Talk about Eisters. Okay, what? Something wicked what something wicked this Was it the sixth or seventh album? I god was it. This is album number like five. So album five. Well, because Days of Purgatory is just a bunch of old it's a greatest hits, but some of the hits were re recorded. Yeah, and then we freaking we'll top it everything off with the main event, the nice long review of watching pure late 2000s fucking glory of Daisy of Love, Speak- episode <clears throat> nine. So I was bored the other night, and I thought, huh, you know, I'm curious. So before we get into Titan and then eventually uh, uh, Ice Earth and Daisy, I have I have some funny little tidbits to share with everybody. Here's a timestamp for you. So I was bored, and I looked up the Rob Flynn bullshit. Huh, did you know? So anyone that doesn't that doesn't know about TV tropes, uh, it's a great website. And basically, 
I looked, I found out a couple more things specifically why. So you had said that the 2018 album cr- caused creative differences to cause the other two guys to leave, which, yeah, um, apparently they like super hated that album. And like one of the guys wasn't even like talking to Flynn directly unless he absolutely needed to. And it was just like that better have been a good paycheck. Well, I doubt it wasn't a good enough paycheck because they fucking left. If you're in that situation, you better be making good money because if you aren't, you're out. Of, you should just just leave and for then, your own mental health. And then there's a section there's there's a thing on there called badass decay, which is when someone is badass and then becomes less badass. And they say Rob Flynn's been suffering from this recently, according to oh, some people, oh, and it's not oh entirely God, unjustified. Yes. In 2007, he got he made. Uh, Aesthetics of Hate, a scathing rant at an article that celebrated the death of Dimebag Daryl. Then came 2019, where Do or Die was released, which was a song about Rob Flynn complaining about people not liking him. And I listened to that song, and it's the funniest fucking thing in the universe. Oh, God. Uh, I know he made a video on racism and metal. Uh, ew, oh, it's worse than that. Uh, which, which then gets next to Which this. I know, because he's just trying to bury Phil and Samo, but it's like, yeah. bruh. Like, and then the, we uh, saw you. There's pictures of you being goofy, throwing up swastikas around in the fucking 90s. Not swastikas, fucking Zeke Heiling yeah. and shit, bro. Then there's a. But thing. that's fucking Metal Fools joking around. But yeah, no. Then there's a thing on TV shows called Broken Base, which is things that divides the fan base. And then it says, Ooh. and then it says, Rob Flynn's become this, especially after his response to Phil Anselmo. Uh, after a racist incident at Dime Dash. Depending on who you ask, Rob Flynn's either a dude who may be a little overbearing, but is one of the few major public figures in metal who's honest enough to call attention to serious issues within the scenes and society at large, or he's an obnoxious moral guards, moral grandstanding loudmouth eagle maniac and talking head for metal sucks. Is he actually a talking head for metal sucks, or do they? I just- know he's worked with them. I just know they most likely just like he says stuff and then they'll write articles on it. And most of the time it's kind of roasting him because he's kind of goofy. Not going to lie. Like, bro, I try to listen to his podcast with Andy Sneap. Just like I needed something to listen to. I'm like, you know what? I'll give this a chance. I literally had to fast forward 10 minutes. I could not handle his opening freaking single like talking. Like, then- yeah, he sounds goofy <laughs> like we do and stuff. And he's like, yeah, yeah man, sitting there. Yeah, I'm going to have Andy Sneap. Told real thrasher guys. Yeah, yeah. And stuff. Well, let me check on what's going on with the Twitch. How's it going, homies? Yeah. And like, he's literally sounding like this. And I'm just like, can I just get to Andy Sneep? And he pulls up Andy Sneep and he's like, obviously, he's trying to be he's like, yeah. Hey, how's it going, Rob? You know, it's good, Randy. Yeah. So, how do we start <laughs> this? I don't know. It's like, it's like, it's like, I'm sure you've been asked the same questions, but it's a time, Andy, and I already know you're alive. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, how do we go into this? I'm like, fuck, dude. This is like, <laughs> I don't like you enough to like enjoy this. This is some fucking death radio for me. And like, yeah. honestly, if you like Rob Flynn enough and you vibe with that, dude, I totally understand. I don't. So that's why I quit. It's like, I don't like it enough to stay. And then when Catharsis came out, I read a thing that was like there was nonstop drama because people were starting to get to the opinion. You see, 
I was kind of ahead of the curve a few years. We've been behind because I guess for the last few, few years, people have been coming around to the idea that Rob Flynn is being seen as an ego drunk, thin skinned, overgrown man child who cannot keep himself from running his mouth and making himself look like a fool. And then the few fans who still weakly defend him refuse to stand, re, refuse to stand behind that do or die song and his social media tantrums, especially with Edsel Dope, who everyone pretty much singly agreed handled that. He handled great, and Robson looked like an idiot, and that confused me. I'm like, "What the hell?" So I what looked, the, yeah, what the hell happened with Edsel Dope and Rob Flynn? So I looked up into it, and I found on the Static X subreddit, someone posted the story. Wait, 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 wait. there's a Static. Well, it's, a, it's well, everything's Reddit. got a subreddit. Yeah, everything's. What the fuck am I on? But yeah, so the apparently, so in that uh, Rob Flynn hater diss track I mentioned, "Do or Die." A uh, Rob Flynn has the line in it where it's like, "It's do or die, motherfucker, die, motherfucker, die." So every so because everyone likes clowning on Rob Flynn at this point, everyone was kind of we we missed the anti Rob Flynn revolution because everyone. Well, I was, remember it happening for the most part, and like, yeah, his like band dissipated. Yeah, but like, I here's the thing, metal journal. I've said this before on like podcasts in the past metal journalism is pure fucking trash and yeah. honestly i there's like when you're young and like them shit talking is pretty entertaining but once you get old you realize bro none of this is like it's like there's some stuff that's entertaining but honestly a lot of it's just fucking trash that really isn't fucking news and this is just annoying and, and like so, but that's fucking music journalism in a fucking nutshell sometimes sorry yeah. I'm like, I use his Wrestling Observer <laughs> fucking subscription. Yeah. And I listened to a guy named Dave Meltzer, Dave who was Meltzer. a fucking legit awesome fucking journalist who is still, who does it very well. And like, once I've listened to him, it's like, fuck, anyone else that does wrestling journalism, use him as a source. And they're like pairing, dude, they don't even like freaking compare to him. It's, so, it's like, fuck, yeah. I'm just so used to this like, Perfectly good, straightforward freaking journalism. So because people like clowning on Rob Flynn, now everyone was like, hey, is that just dopes die, motherfucker, die? And Rob Flynn, who's going on this whole rant on his Instagram, posted a video on there of him like at this festival in like 95. And his Instagram says the following. Here's a little fucking reminder for your moronic new metal brains. Since 93's, since 1993 in our song, Fuck It All, I've been saying, come on, motherfucker, come on, in the middle breakdown. Here's a video of me in 1995 saying in a dynamo, it was a good seven years before Dope's 2001 Die Motherfucker Die came out, you fucking sausage gobblers. Duh! <laughs> Why did he have to call them sausage gobblers? And then it's and then it, and then it's indent duh all caps indent. Not to mention that any fucking band on the planet saying blank motherfucker blank in any combination that and that and that goals for cold chamber five finger death punch dope and yes machine head are all jacking it from 1980s for hip hop classic the roof is on fire by Rockmaster Scott and the Dynamic Three. Swipe right to listen. Know your fucking musical history, fuck boys. And if I hear one more fucking internet twat hole moaning about cringeworthy lyrics while they sit in front of their computers stroking their little fucking boners to the lyrical genius of fucking baby metal, eat a bowl of cock. Because the second the Where did he attack baby metal? And like before you go any further, cool if you like not step on the cables. Oh, it sorry. just helps with like like you can shift it around to make a nice clear spot, but yeah. yeah. 
I know it's like it's sorry a little like pet peeve of mine, but it's like buying cables blows cocks. So the best way to keep life is, is it like, a bowl, does it blow a bowl of cock? It's not a fucking bowl of cock. Well, freaking uh, great. Badass fucking metal bro, freaking Rob Flynn, and dissing the, baby metal. It's like fuck, dude. And then the last oh, paragraph yeah. is because the second the pan, the second that Pantera's walk comes on with such lyrical Edgar Allan Poe esque masterpiece is like run your mouth when I'm not around. It's fuck, easy to achieve and walk Allen Poe masterpiece, bro. And walk on homeboy or Lamb of Gods. This is a motherfucking invitation. These same fucking brain donors run right out to the dance floor and start headbanging, and rightly so. P.S. Who the fuck listens to dope? So then Edsel Dope responded, and he said, "Yesterday, Rob Flynn." Took to Instagram. Hey, to answer his question, my guy next to me listens to Dope. And for some reason, I think Dope has great Spotify listens. Oh, don't worry. Yesterday, Rob Flynn took to Instagram to publicly ask the question, who the fuck listens to Dope? Then today, he took another shot at our band. As a grown-ass man, I feel slightly obligated to acknowledge these two separate shots. Truth is, I like Machine Head. Killer band. Big fucking draw. If the two bands ever shared the same stage, Dope would undoubtedly go on before Machine Head again. That's not the question. The question was, who the fuck listens to Dope? Well, Rob, with Spotify being the place where the majority of listeners go these days, the answer to your question is actually quantifiable. Check it out. Dope monthly listeners on Spotify, 1,238,355. Machine Head monthly listeners on Spotify, 1,208,667. Pretty fucking close, brother. (laughs) Only about 30,000 plays separate our two bands from month to month, so it's quite fair to say that a lot of motherfuckers are listening to both Machine Head and Dope. Slightly more for Dope, but I digress. I guess it'd also be fair to mention that the Dope song everyone's talking about, including Rob, uh, has about 30 million more plays on Spotify than any song that Rob has actually written or released. I'm not talking shit. That's not who I am. I really don't have anything negative to say about Rob. These are facts. We never said that the new Machine Head song was derivative of Dope's Die, Motherfucker, Die. Actually, we never said shit. I don't own the phrase Die, Motherfucker, Die. It's a commonly used arrangement of ignorant words that will continue to be recycled for years. Have at it, bro. In the end, I can't help that people associate the phrase with dope. The song's been around for 20 years, and it's racked up 60 million, uh, more than 60 million plays on Spotify. And then something else, blah, blah, blah. And so, uh, and then the next fucking day, Rob Flynn, according to an article, extends an olive grant branch to squash the beef. So every, so yeah, he's <laughs> after he started it and he got fucking schooled. It's like, who listens to dope? It's like, well, supposedly 30,000 more people listen to dope than your band. If we're going off Spotify statistics. And then, and then the last bit is that Rob's response with Spotify stats. Hey, I stand corrected. Apparently, there's a lot of motherfuckers still listening to Dope. Good for you, man. Got nothing against... Oh, yeah, then he makes. A, he tries to make a funny joke. Though disturbingly, crazy, crazy Town's Butterfly has us both beat, but I digress. Remember that song? It's, yes. Yeah. It's a fucking meme. <laughs> so I was, Come on. Get your butterfly. Sugar, sugar, wherever the fuck it goes. Yeah, it's like, come, my lady. Come, come, come my, my lady. lady. You're my butterfly. Sugar, sugar baby. baby. Come, my lady. Come, come, come my, my lady. lady. You're my butterfly. Sugar, baby. Yeah, so he's like... Here's the thing. It's a total fucking one hit, but honestly, I don't know. It's a weird thing. You can have, like, the total freaking blue-collar career like Machine Head where everything's pretty equal Mm -hmm. on listens and stuff. 
or you can have that one super one song, song where literally it's like you can live your life off that enough and literally it's just like it'll be known from the like testament of time because Billy, I don't know anyone can name a freaking machine head hit off the top of their head except for Saves the Day. That's like the funniest <laughs> song. Yeah. But, <laughs> but literally that song just shows freaking Rob Flynn in a nutshell. But yeah, Rob Flynn was like, but yeah, then he goes on to say he's not trying to, I'm not trying to sound like a douche here. Our bands have not intersected in decades. Oh, no. But I literally didn't know you guys were a band anymore. So when your fans start spamming your, our Facebook and Insta feed about our new song, ripping you guys off, I was like, huh? Actually, I have fond memories of you doing enormous amounts of cocaine on my bus in Oklahoma at some radio show back in 99 and having a wildly coked out conversation about doing a tour that never happened. In fact, I just ran into your former guitar player, AC, at the Slipknot show and invited us all into the, and he invited us all into the, whatever. He, and then here's his cop out. I have a pretty dark sense of humor. I was literally laughing hysterically when I wrote the first thing that I wrote. Trolling the trolls, if you will. It wasn't aimed at you or even dope. The second photo of the girl I thought was just key. Oh, yeah. So then apparently he had posted a picture of a girl in a dope shirt that, quote unquote, couldn't actually name any dope songs. But who knows if that was real? So, um... And he's like, you know, happy your music's doing good, blah, blah, blah. I'll take this moment right now to extend the olive branch to you and your band that any Machine Head show coming up anywhere in the world, you guys want to come and hang out at, you're welcome to. We'll have beers, vodka, champagne, whatever. I'll have to pass on the cocaine. Just say the word and I'll make it happen. Maybe you can even come up and sing the do or die with us. <laughs> totally understand if you if, if you want to pass and live everything, but the offer stands. Peace and love. And everyone with reaction to that was, wow, what a fucking douche this rob flynn is what the fuck this guy <laughs> kind of a tool bag i think age does not treat him well and incidentally one of the songs off of catharsis which i listened to it's called beyond the pale everyone everyone heard the main riff and they're like this is just strapping young lads love which sound the riff sounds just like it and it got to the point where they even talked to devin townsend about it and he was like and he was like yeah but i ripped that riff off from a yes song but anyway yeah so and then, and then this is unrelated, but last little bit of uh, Wrap it new up. metal trivia before we go and tack on Titan. I saw the other day, Sepultura covered Tainted Love last year. Fuck. What? <laughs> That's weird. You want to hear it? Uh, fuck it. Pull it on. <laughs> pull it up, bruh. Fuck. I need to go run down south and grab my fucking mixer I bought from good friend Bone Steel and stuff. Because oh, yeah. I'm like... Cause it's like it's gonna work in the same concept as my fucking like interface, but at the same time, it's got a little bit more bells and whistles. And there's a fucking input where I can hook up Bluetooth and use that as a fucking basically as an aux cable. All right, we'll see here. Tainted love. Put it around the uh, around the clock, okay? Yeah, you can hear it, bro. Sounds like Marilyn Manson, bro. <laughs> oh, go on. Yeah. I gotta hear the chorus, bro. Oh, yeah. Give me at least that. Let's go film just a teeny bit up. Yeah, there we go. Give the speaker. <laughs> I 
Sounds super Tain fucking love. new metal. A lot better than fucking Machine Head's message in the bottle. <laughs> All right. Tack uh, on Titan. Here yeah, we go. Yeah, let me just get the fucking timestamp down. So, yeah, Attack on Titan fucking season f- season four, four or final season. I was about to say season finale. I was like, what the fuck am I smoking? <laughs> Whatever. Whatever. It's the final season. Season four finale. Season four finale with episode 13. How this bad boy start in your pinpoints. So it's a nice peaceful village that gets gassed in a flashback. As, and it's a flashback told by Zeke. And so, yeah, they gas the place. Everyone's frozen and then they sick the Titans there. Zeke calls it that. It's like the Titans there. What do you mean? They literally, it was like they gassed the town, and literally, Zeke had, like, the gas had fucking Zeke's spinal fluid. Yeah. So basically, all the freaking alien people there, and huffed this fuck, huffed this gas, and basically, Zeke was able to make them transform into Titans. Okay, the subtitles didn't, maybe I read them wrong, but the subtitles didn't, didn't uh, translate. Yeah, uh, no, Didn't that, articulate But that's that. the fucking gimmick. Zeke is able yeah. to, like, randomly make people turn into Titans because they ingested his spinal fluid. Right. And then Zeke keeps calling it that village, but Levy gets triggered and he's like, it's Ragat, it's, it's uh, Ragatko, I think. Ragat, Ragatko, just like, remember that name. Yeah. Remember that name. And then according- When I kill you, <laughs> remember then, that name. And then according to the subs, he says, it's Ragatko, you bearded shit. Apparently he called Zeke a bearded shit. Yep. And Zeke is like, well, I mean, I didn't well. want- <laughs> Zeke's like, well, I didn't want to do that. Why do you keep asking me about this story? And Levy's like, because I know you're not guilty. And human lives mean nothing to you. And then there's like this weird bit of comedy where Zeke's like, wow, you must not be popular with the ladies, not uh, understanding people's feelings. And Levy's like, well, actually. <laughs> well, actually. he's He was like, I'm popular enough. I'm popular enough. But then Zeke Don't is- even worry about it. I'm going to kill you, guy. I'm just waiting. I'm trying to remember the last time I've seen hate boners this hard in Dude, anything. the fucking hate love boner between these two. So Zeke is like, when the fuck can I see air? And then Le- Levy's like- Yo, what can I see my half, bro, dude? And yeah. It's like, when you'll, get, you'll see him when you see him. Don't even trip. And Levy's just like, I don't know. And then the theme song. Yeah. So then after the theme song, the family shows- uh, the, family, the Blouse family shows up at the restaurant, ready to munch a bunch. Yeah, dude. Gabby is going to have a panic attack because um, there's going to be a Marleyan soldier or 20 there or something. I don't know. She heard the military is going to be there. Yeah, no. She heard, like, no, because they go to this restaurant, but literally it's mostly freaking, like, government officials usually munch out in the spot. But obviously these, like, freaking casual uh, freaking adopt, like, adoption family whatever. Yeah. Whatever. They got all these kids and these, like, chilling adults and, like, dude, they're ready to get a fucking sick munch on, bro. Yeah. So then they get ser- and then they get served by Gordon Ram, I mean, Nicolo, who looks a lot like fucking Gordon Ramsay uh, in this. Uh, his sis, the sister, <clears throat> excuse me, um, uh, um what, what's her name kaya yeah, yeah kaya. kaya basically confirms to uh gabby and falco that yeah he was probably in love with sasha yeah yeah because they're just chilling there and telling the story it's like oh why are we eating at such a fucking cool spot well i think the chef had a freaking huge crush yeah on like the freaking like on like mr blouse's daughter I like, think- yeah, she was, like, a soldier and stuff, but she recently got killed. Yeah. And Falco's real, like, putting, like, putting two of the two together is like, yeah. uh-oh. I think um, I oh, think no. they made it more explicit in the manga. I, th- I may be wrong. I think in the manga, it's subtle, but I thought in the manga it said that Nicolo and Sasha were pretty much, like, actually dating. That's why her last word is meat, because Japanese consonants, it was, like, 
she said Nico or something like that, which is like half of Nicolo's name. So it's it's this weird thing. Whatever. So survey. Uh, so the survey. Cor- oh yeah, and then Falco just comes over the amazing food. Yeah, because like he's having a panic attack, realizing, oh shit, Gabby killed his freaking waifu. But then like <laughs> freaking Mister Bla- Yeah, I know, dude. Mister. But then freaking Mister Blouse tells fucking Falco's like, hey. Munch on your food. Are you all right? And it's like, oh, yeah, sure. I'll munch on it. He eats it. And it's like, bruh, this meal. <laughs> Whoa, bruh. This is like, uh, quoting Daisy, like an orgasm. <laughs> so then the survey course shows up. Um, they go to talk to Nikolo in the kitchen. Hanji's like, look, bro, it's cool. We just need to talk. He's like, about what? And then Onyakapan is like the detained volunteers. He's like, oh. So then Nicolo, oh, yeah, what's up with that? And then so Nicolo leads them into a private room where um what's it what's one of the names Connie and Jean joke about drinking this bottle of wine and then I don't know Nicolo gets ra- really racist for a minute. Well, here's the thing because like there was like oh dude it's like freaking yeah Jean is like sitting there's like oh bro is this the wine I keep hearing out about this awesome freaking like alcoholic drink bro let me get a fucking swig of that yeah dude let me check out and Nicolo's grass in a panic for some reason just. 180 turning. He's like, whoa, bro, calm down. What's up? And he's like going all racist on them and shit. And Sinner's like, dude, where is this coming from, bro? What are you? It's like, dude, where did this come from, guy? And stuff. But whatever. Freaking continuing on. Yeah. So then <clears throat> the kids then see Nicolo who t- take the wine into the cellar. And Falco fakes a stomach ache so that the two of them can follow him. They 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 go talk to him. And there's like, look, bro. There's gonna be a thick ass attack coming. So hold on. Hey, and let we the are Marlan freaking like yeah. trainee <laughs> trainee soldiers, bro. And like, we predict that there's gonna be a huge Marlan invasion and stuff too. And then he's like, where the fuck did you come from? And then Gabby says, Lameo, we hitched a ride on an airship. And Nico's like, yeah, when they freak, yeah, because they attacked us and we like accidentally hitched the ride on an airship and stuff. He was like, oh, did you now? And then Nico's like. Did you shoot a girl? Did you shoot someone? Or a soldier? She's like, oh, yeah. And Falco's like, oh, fuck. Gabby's like, literally, like, because like, at first, like, all right, sweet, you got another dude. And, like, freaking, he starts questioning Gabby. And Falco, not an idiot, yeah. his face drops, and he realizes, uh-oh. Oh, he, oh yeah. Falco's but like- Gabby still has a freaking twinkle in her eye. Uh-huh. And he's like, oh, like, did you shoot a girl? She's like, like, uh-huh. Yeah. She's like, yeah. Yeah. Falco's- I shot her dead. Falco's like, oh, fuck. Gabby's like, it was so sick, bro. Falco's like, shut up, Gabby. Gabby's, Gabby's like, like, Gabby's like it was such a dank quick scope and then Nicolo's slowly reaching for the bottle of wine and he goes in a fit of rage and passion goes to hit Gabby but Falco is like a, like you a know, true super cool dude he is and he's also you know pushes situationally out of the way. aware he pushes her out of the way and then Nicolo cracks him cracks him yeah, with v- it yeah good freaking violent crack and stuff and then Nicolo just cracks Gabby in the face yeah just straight up punch Gabby's in the face like I was watching some fucking like you know cool YouTube reactor peeps and stuff, and this whole scene was just sitting there smacks Falco, and they're like, "Oh snap, dude! He just smacked Falco, dude! Oh, that's so brutal!" And then he just punched Gabby in the face, like, "Oh shit, dude! Gordon Ramsay's punching like little girls now." <laughs> So then he knocks them both out, and he has he's holding um what's his name? He's holding Falco in one arm, but he basically throws Gabby on the floor, and he's like, "This bitch killed your daughter. Fuck her up." And then Gabby's like, "Like he has a knife. It's like Mister yeah. Blouse. This chick just told me she killed Sasha, and I'm about to murder her. But <laughs> honestly, 
I want you to exact revenge because, yeah. like, that's your daughter. And Mr. and Mrs. Blaster sitting there is like, whoa, bro. <laughs> Whoa, whoa, whoa. So, whoa, 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 wait, what? Yeah, so Gabby is like, please don't hurt Falco. And Nico's like, oh, I'm sorry. Is he special to you? Because you took away my special someone, and her name was Sasha. She's like, and then and then Gabby's like, she killed for people first. Nicolo's like, fuck you. And Gabby's like, besides. Fuck you. And, and then Gabby. Like, shoot, fuck you. And then Gabby shoots herself in the foot because she's like, besides, she was probably controlled. She probably seduced you. With her ways or stuff. Yeah, like, so don't let the devils her, win. Yeah, with her fucking, like, with her devil magic and stuff. Yeah. So like, come on, you're <laughs> under mind control, bro. Why are you doing It's like, why are you doing this? And then, you go on. And then Sasha's dad's like, give me the knife, Niccolo. So Mr. Blouse takes the knife, and Hanji tries to calm him down. As Mr. B- as, and then Mr. Blouse, ah, Mr. Blouse talks about Sasha and how basically he sort of tells a story about, you know, because she grew up a hunter and stuff and gives him this big metaphor about... Leaving the forest and stuff. Basically, yeah, it's like, hey, early in Sasha's life, growing up, she was a hunter, and she would kill whatever to bring back home to eat and stuff. But then there was a point where it's like, honestly, I don't want her to be much of a killer. So I decided to take her out of the forest, stop hunting around, and set her free in the world. But she went and became a soldier, and basically, she seemed like she could still like was killing, now killing people. And honestly, yeah. it seems like the whole world's a forest, and our world's brightening, getting bigger and stuff. And honestly, the killing just needs to stop. So, what yeah. does Mister Blast do? Well, he tells them it's the burden of us adults, the pain of the past, and he's basically like the cycle ends here. It's like, bro, like to stop killing. Yeah, we just need to stop, bro. Yep. This, I know she did this. But honestly, I don't think this is how things should be done, bro. But then Kaya is... Fuck it. Just like... It's just like... Pops out of nowhere. Yeah. Like, literally, like, oh, dude, my fucking potato queen freaking waifu that saved me from, like, (laughs) the Titan that ate my mom and shit as she was getting crunched. How fucking dare you? I thought we were best buds. Nah, nah, nah. I want to murder you in fucking cold blood now. This scene has a little more impact in the manga because Kaya, Falco, and Gabby actually had, if I remember right, they had a little more time to bond. Whereas in this show... yeah, yeah. Whereas in this show, it went... It went meet, hey, they try to fuck- kill, take to the village, and then this, and then it's like, I thought you were my friend. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's the thing. They did get attached, and like Kaya did, like, was supporting them. It's like, hey, I yeah. don't want you guys being here. I, you guys have a home. Yes. So, hey, we're going to go munch at a restaurant. It's got these freaking, like, pe- prisoners of wars, like Marlene soldiers. Like, literally, freaking, they'll help you. Like, they could possibly help you get home. Like, you guys are good buddies. I don't want to show harm. And then out of nowhere, it's like... Dude, you killed like my. You fuck. killed Sasha. I'm like, uh, uh, fuck you. I'm like Mr. Blouse ain't gonna do, but fuck you. I- I'm not feeling too stoked <laughs> yeah. on that. And Which then, that was shocking. It's like, yeah. bro, like, dude, she came in with a house of fire, and Gabby's now having an existential crisis. Cause it was like, dude, I thought we were friends. It's like, fuck you. No, you killed Sasha. Yeah. Like Mr. Blouse is sitting there, like, dude, honestly. The cycle ends here. Dude, shit's too whack. And He's honestly, like, yeah. this like, you know what's gonna resolve this? Not kill what's by not killing a fucking child, bro. Yeah. But that fucking a child wants to kill a child, so. Yeah. And but Kaya so, doesn't have as much levels of chills as Mr. Blouse. So they take Mr. her away. Mr. Blouse runs a fucking adoption bar- <laughs> adoption farm, bro. Yeah, yeah, I think he's, he's cool. Like, he's got a fucking level of zen that, like, is very high. He has a high level of zen. Oh, yeah. He's, like, fucking starting outer heaven on that farm with orphans. So they take her away, and then Bla- uh, and then the Blouse family and Kaya, they're all crying on the floor. And then they take... um. 
<clears throat> excuse me. So they take so they take uh, Gabby and Falco away, and Nicolo's talking to Hanji. He's like, Hanji, it's probably too late, but can you wash out Falco's mouth? Hanji's like, uh, why? What was in that bottle? And then Nicolo's like, seek spinal fluid. Oopsie. <laughs> Oopsie. Oopsie. <laughs> was there sitting there like, oh shit, that's why you fucking were act all aggro on us. Yeah. You didn't want us drinking fucking speak Zeke's spinal, <laughs> spinal fluid. And it's funny because I think John or Connie's like, wait, so you saved us? And then Nicolo's like, bro, I don't know what the fuck's going on anymore. I don't know what's going on, bro. <laughs> my, he's basically like, ever I since I moment, met you guys, I mean, my life went haywire. And honestly, there was a moment ago too where it's like, dude, you killed my fucking potato queen. <laughs> and like, bruh, like she made me realize, like, dude, to stop fucking being in a shitty war. Yeah, war sucks, bro. But making fresh ass fucking dank food, t- ten times way more re- life rewarding, bro. Yeah, and then he even has a moment where he's like, "Oh my god, I was about to kill a kid. What the fuck is wrong with me? What's you going know? on with me, bro? Just too whack right now." So we cut to Levi in the forest, and he's talking to his soldiers, cause and uh, they're basically telling him, "Okay, look, bro." The Jaegers have broken a lot of shit, and they're coming for Zeke. Yeah, like, literally, Levi's like, so wait, freaking uh, Premier Zachary has been blown in a half, and yes. he's now just a charred corpse. Yes. And now he's sitting there, it's like, he's starting to have an existential crisis, where it's like... He's like, man, what the fuck? I've saved Aaron so many like, times. Like, countless of times. And I've like, lost so many comrades. Thousands of people have died. Yeah, Hundreds he, of thousands of people have died and he's like, for this guy. And he's which like, I this thought was, the sa- was like our savior of humanity. Mm-hmm. But now he's going all fucking wacko on us. Levy, I think Levy's not having a good day. That's the saddest I've ever seen Levy. Like, I mean, because because if you think about it, I mean, there's been he's lost a lot of comrades, but there's been a lot of comrades he's lost specifically tied, like he said, tied to saving Aaron. It's like fuck, dude. It really sucks to be it. They do this interesting thing with Levi and the anime and manga where it's like they really actually kind of like play up how I wouldn't say his attachment to Aaron, but he's like really protective of him. You know, not just because Yo, of, like, you even know. in, like, I'm sure it's, like, maybe more because the manga has, like, a little bit more written out more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But in the show, it's like, dude, <clears throat> he's done a lot of shit to save Yeah, Aaron's in the ass. show, they play up the fact that I thought he was his savior, he was our savior more than, hey, I like this guy, whereas in the manga, it's a bit of both. But it still hits pretty hard. It's like, Levi's been through some shit. Like, he's usually pretty straight-faced ass-kicker. Yeah. But ass kicker, straight face man's kind of like was like. And he beats off to telling Zeke how he's gonna kill him. Yeah. <laughs> so Jean's so back at the restaurant, oh, Jean's yeah, dude. I'm gonna fucking slice your head. <laughs> oh fuck yeah! I can't wait. Give me that. I was like, I'm gonna fucking just stab you right in your fucking mouth. Le- Levi wants to kill Zeke so bad. He sees into the future and he's waiting for Zeke to say the words. Man, it's such a beautiful day. <laughs> so. Back at the restaurant, John's like, what the fuck's up with this wine, bro? And Nicolo's like, yo, Yelena made me do it. Every they're single like, Marlene soldier like, yo, knows about it. Why are you serving it? fucking this crazy wine and stuff? Who's it been like serving? It's like, dude, they've been making us give it to the freaking like, ofi- like the freaking like government officials. So you're saying that all these government officials are drinking wine. <clears throat> and like Hans is sitting there is like, whoa, Zeke has told us that if someone consumes their fluid, his fucking spinal fluid, they usually get paralyzed. But honestly, this could be a lie. So literally, and he like goes on a story how freaking like Marley was able to take over a freaking like country in like one night because they were able to distribute like Zeke's spinal fluid all about and basically just turn like a bunch of people in the Titans in, in one swoop and just freaking have them destroy out the whole fucking city. Yeah. And then um, 
Then after so, yo, that, some uh, fucking forty <laughs> chess. Good planning over here. Um. So then he um. Uh, Nicolo, I think game theories. He's like they want to spawn titans. I think, and then he has a breakdown. And then Gabby's with Mikasa and Armin, who I forgot to mention. Mikasa is the one that saves Kaya from. Yeah, she uses like, her Qui Gon Jin Jedi mind like, powers to catch like, the yeah, knife. Yeah, Kaya just comes up right to the like freaking murder Gabby, but freaking Mikasa is like fucking Trinity from the Matrix, so she uses fucking <laughs> like the for focus and shit. Was able to slow down time and grab yes. grab her and stuff. So then Gabby's like, "Why didn't you kill me?" And Mikasa, yeah, why, like, "Why don't you guys want to kill me? What's going on?" It's like, dude, Mikasa, we don't want to kill anyone. Mikasa bro. and Armin are just like because and he's like why not and then they're just like because we don't want to i mean there's a little more to it than that but yeah and then yeah. meme of the week aaron just fucking walks up out of nowhere yeah yeah i watched this episode twice like literally during the scene because it's like you can there. hear the door open and close yeah and stuff too but it's like whatevs and stuff but freaking yeah like freaking armin mikasa and gabby are chill and gabby's just sitting there and like don't you guys want to kill me? Why won't you kill me and stuff? I'm like, killed your good friend. And like, Larry's like, dude, kill, 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 bro. Come on. It's like, yeah, that's that all you like talk a, about. Yeah, I was like, dude, that sounds like a friend of ours. And a fucking Aaron pops out of fucking nowhere. Yeah. Like, literally. And that's, and like, he pops up his hand where he's already sliced it. So I was like, all right, don't move or I'm fucking nuking the place, transforming into a Titan. <laughs> but like, literally, that scene was a total just like, you're just sitting there and it's like, oh shit, it's Aaron. It's like, oh, hey, it's Aaron. Oh, fuck, it's Aaron. He's so fucking cool. Like, <laughs> well, Aaron's so fucking sketch right now. Oh, he is. I that's mean, he literally the center. It's like, oh shit, bro. It's fucking Aaron. Like, I watched the reactors and they're all just chilling. It's like, I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, look at that. Freaking like symbolism of Aaron and stuff, and it's like, oh hey, look, it's Aaron. Oh my God, it's Aaron. Oh God. Oh damn. Oh jeez. Oh God. Oh no. Yeah. And like, I was literally sitting there, I was like, oh fuck, because that's a scary situation. Oh yeah. Yo, our fucking like thirst king fucking genocide bros showed up, and it's like, fuck, this ain't good. <laughs> And so, and so then that flock guy shows up. Yeah, yeah. basically the freaking like Jaeger is sort of now taking over the freaking restaurant. Well, Han's just trying to clean up Falco and stuff. And yeah, and they're like, where the fuck Zeke? I'll admit things are Yo, starting to Zeke? Feel, I'll admit things are starting to feel a teeny tiny bit rushed. Like not a lot, but there. This is like the last bro, two we minutes got three, of the show, bro. We got like three episodes left. Yeah, and we still got a mate. Well. So then that happens. So Flock is like, hey, uh, Flock basically tells him, hey, go fuck yourself. Aaron's going to pull up some, is going to pull some dank shit. You're yeah, coming with like us. Yeah, it's like we know like Pixis is planning and like clearly negotiations not happening, bro. So it sounds like that. So take us to Zeke. So it sounds like that Grease guy sold them out. He basically is like, I knew this day would come, Nicolo, whatever. So Hanji's like, bro, the military drank that shit. It's going to fuck us up. And Flock's like, okay. Yeah, I know. I know the, uh, yeah, I know the military police, and like the high officials drank that and Hanji, it's all according to plan guy and, and Hanji's like oh my god you knew and then that's meme of the week too flock turning around with a crazy smile yeah. finger in a shush motion he, he looked pretty cool so he's like please don't make noise in the restaurant or something like that and i'm just yeah like, he went fucking full joker face he's yeah. like like flock's always been sketchy like he was annoying and sketchy in season three. Yeah, he's like one of those guys. Like, how's this guy not dead yet? And now Allison is like, oh fuck. He's that's not what dead. that's what everyone keeps jokes about. They're just like from red shirt to like major antagonist. Yeah, for realsies. <laughs> and then it quick cuts back to the room when Aaron's like, hey guys, I wanted to talk. And then the credits. And like, yeah, you look at Aaron's face and he's looking pretty sad. Thirst King's kind of a sad Thirst King. 
He sad is a boy sad th- king. He's a sad thirst boy king. But he's still a king. But fuck, dude, this is a fucking gnarly episode. Can I can I say I actually like like I hate her, but I like genuinely like love Gabby's character. It helps with the story, bro. Because like you know, everyone always talks about like oh Falco and you know what's your, Gabby are both reflections of Aaron. I think Gabby and Falco are literally are literally supposed to be like swapped Aaron Mikasa season one, but Falco's Mikasa. Be, but they, but there's dude Falco's like Mikasa and Armin and fucking yeah. just cool dude wrapped the one while because Gabby you, is like have not been chill. Because like if you look at it objectively, Gabby and Aaron's trajectory is the same thing, except when we saw Aaron. Oh shit! His mother and city got killed by these mindless evil monsters or whatever, and it's like, yeah, we identify with that. He wants to go loke on those titans. Yeah, he wants to fucking loke up. And even when we find out that oh shit, his allies are titan shifters, and oh, all the titans are actually people, you still relate to him because it's a relatable thing. But the thing is with Gabby. The Titans aren't monsters to her. It's the Marleans. It's the Eldians that are monsters. Yeah. And she sees it happen. So the thing She's is. She's like, dude, us Eldians have a bad rap. Yeah. And these guys on this fucking island are just ruining us. Now they just raided our shit and they killed some of my like friends and family and stuff. And the reason. Now I'm not stoked on fucking Aaron, but hey. Bro, and the reason that. why Aaron gets more sympathy and Gabby gets almost none. One, because they made Aaron hotter. But two, because Sasha's conflict is isn't as black and white. But she doesn't Gabby. know that. Gabby. But she Sorry, doesn't know that. they both kind of have like the same design. Yeah, I know. But yeah, Gabby doesn't know it's not black and white. We do. And the problem is, I think the re- I think her killing Sasha from a creative standpoint is pretty smart because it emphasizes the fact she looks at them and sees what Aaron looked at when he saw Titans. But because it's people, her situation's more complex but like she's doing the exact same stuff Aaron did the only difference is is that it's, but like she's G- fighting people yeah and but I, just, Gab- I love that shit yeah and like Gabby's like hanging out with these people that like she is like stripped like say the crudest shit and like they killed her like one of their good friends but like these people are it's like dude we're not gonna kill you dude it's yeah. not gonna make things better they're literally telling her it's like hey all this stuff isn't gonna make things better but then Aaron- the person she wants to kill the most just pops out of nowhere and, then, yeah. and he's the most dangerous motherfucker Meanwhile, Aaron is Yo, just... Yo, he's got like three fucking Titan abilities. He's so sketch. Yeah. Meanwhile, Aaron, he's just kind of pulling Devilman shit where it's like Devilman was a demon that killed demons and Aaron became a Titan that killed Titans. So it's it's like I, I really like... And Falco, he's basically Mikasa, but if Mikasa had no backbone, like like Mikasa would Well, Mikasa's a fucking ass-whipping waifu, bro. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know. I just... I don't. And the thing is, is that... We're je- we're supposed to dislike Gabby, but if you think about it, the same reasons we dislike Gabby are the same reasons to dislike Aaron. Oh no, but believe we, me, but Aaron-, Aaron has context and time on his side. Yeah, you but know? here's the thing: I'll could tell you with season three, Aaron was so fucking annoying in the fucking like Crystal Cavern. <laughs> like literally, when he was having his existential ah. crisis while the shit's just collapsed, and I'm just like, fuck, dude. Aaron's so annoying right now. Yeah. Like, literally, Aaron was, like, beginning of the show, very motivated. Like, he kind of sucked as the sh- soldier. He you know, really you know- wanted to fucking kick Titan ass. And he, like, when he, and, like, literally, freaking, when the Colossal Titan appeared again, that fucking scene where he almost gets it, but the Colossal Titan just steams him away. Mm-hmm. And Aaron gets munched. But then, eventually, Aaron, like, comes back as a Titan, which adds more mystery. But eventually, fucking, like, now, like, Aaron has the ability to freaking, like, 
they like feel like oh shit Aaron can control Titans or some shit word yeah. what up but then realize the world's all bigger and shit after Aaron went through his mm-hmm. existential crisis but now Aaron's all like freaking long hair hot six pack and fucking like total like kind of like badass and stuff yeah but yeah, no, I love Gabby. Like, don't get me wrong, I still hate Gabby. But like, Gabby, I, I like, love, I actually like love the work put in her character. Like, you know, Gabby's fucking complex of character and what her fucking like how she's acting and stuff is like it's pretty like it's kind of, like yeah, same, same concept as early Aaron and stuff too. The only thing is that I can see why people hate her because like she's pretty fucking annoying for the most part. Oh, she's way worse than Aaron. She's Aaron, but worse. Yeah, yeah. yeah. She's like, and here's the thing: she was like presented as a clout machine when they presented her character on the war field. Mm-hmm. You gotta remember that. Like, she did, like, some ballsy thing to help win the battle and stuff, but she's always just been, like, a total, like, cocky clout machine and stuff. So. Exactly. She hasn't been a lovable character in the beginning. Like, you understand her shit, but, like, she also is kind of, like, fucking has Rob Flynn ego complex sometimes. <laughs> it's just like, God... You kind of are annoying. Not going to lie. But yeah, that's, uh, you know, we're yo, coming to the a, end of Attack yo, on Titan. Three more fucking episodes, and you look at the preview, and literally, they ain't showing much, so shit's going to be fucking happening. I hope the fucking shit's going to, shit better be, like this episode, shit escalated pretty high. Yeah, like, The yeah. drama's really at a peak level. Yeah. Not like the fucking when I was talking shit on WandaVision where it's like <laughs> drama was just up, down, up, down, up, down. Oh, shit. Oh, yeah, yeah. Beginning and, of the episode, nothing. End of the episode. Beginning of the next episode, nothing. End of the episode. Uh, uh, beginning uh, of the next episode. Yeah. Yeah, but this has been like episode, episode, episode. Slow, slow, build. But it's just like escalating. It's like, fuck, dude. Shit's about to go down. So, yeah, I would say pretty awesome episode. Can't wait for fucking... Well, I'd say next week, but it's like literally like two more days till the new next episode's out for us. So, hell yeah. All right. Should we get into some fucking iced earth? Yeah. Were, you, were we taking that break or, there, or were we doing that after iced earth? I don't know. Fuck it. Let's just fucking go for it right now. So just slow things down before we go to Daisy Love, who's been following us. Yeah. We're gonna. T- what was the name of the Sister album? I- I'm like I can't. I keep forgetting it. It's like was it something this wi- something wicked comes this way or whatever? No, it's <clears throat> excuse me. It's the same name as the uh, Ray uh-huh. Bradbury book called Something Wicked This Way Comes. So something wicked this way comes. Album five. Uh yeah, album five. Technically album six because the Days of Purgatory. Days of Purgatory. Whatever. Album five of like new original shit. Yeah, um, my opinions on this album were basically, it feels like with this album, this was primo Ice Earth. Like it was like Larry first half of the first half of this album. I'll admit this was pretty good. It was giving me a nostalgia boner when I used to bump that shit really hard. Like yeah. freaking like. I thought the first set of this album was like, fuck, so good. And like the pacing was like, exciting song, nice slow anthem, catchy anthem, exciting song, nice slow anthem. But then it's like, it's an hour fucking album. Then they're like, around the end, I'm just like, bruh, can this fucking end already? Now it's becoming like, God, I'm not looking forward to listening to (laughs) Ice So, but I thought it was pretty fucking killer. So, to start it off. What ha- it goes uh, starting with song number one. <clears throat> Excuse me, got my throat. So it's it starts off with this like mid pace start for uh, this like three minute thing. It, it sounds all right. It's a mid pace rocker tune. I don't know why it kind of sounds like a discount Metallica, 
Well, I guess that means it sounds like testament, but it's weird. So it, it feels like an intro, but it feel it doesn't sound like filler, but it almost sounds middle of the album, whatever. Uh, Matt Barlow has really come into his own here. This is like, it's like you said, everything about here is just peak iced earth. Not a bad song. Track two starts off slow and pretty with guitars and about halfway through turns into Iron Maiden, Siva, Power Slave. And there's the thing, like Sun. the first two songs are like fucking staples in their set list. Uh-huh. Yeah. And it's got uh-huh. that it's got that iconic Ice Earth sing along chorus. Yeah. Song three starts off some pretty with a pretty cool riff over double bass. Sounds European power metal. Think something like uh, like that band Dream Evil. I like the bridge with the synthesizers on it. Sounded cool. cool sounded different. Sound cool, cool, cool. It, it, it's kind of got that like mid paced thrash. Mid paced mid paced thrash. Mid. I always like that sound. Next is uh, then song four starts off uh, slow and pretty. And, you know, for a second, I I don't know why when song four started, just the way the guitars were, I'm like, is this a country song? But no, it, it's it's not. No, it's not. So uh, nothing super stood out to me other than like, you know, I, I, I like really like the chorus. It's like it's like it's like, oh, I know. Oh, I know. Uh, watching over me. Oh, yeah. I know. Yeah, no, that's a fucking big. Yeah. Yeah. That's one of their fucking staples, bro. It's really good. Song five starts off super thrash. It's called Stand Alone. So at first I was like, wait, isn't this that song off of Crucible and Man Part 2? But no, that's I Walk Alone. And then, But then I'm like, wait, is that that song uh, I by Stand God Alone Smack. by God Smack? No, it's not. So it's pretty bad in numbers thrash. I think Midnight, ah! I think Midnight and Exciter would like this song. <laughs> ah! Stand Alone! Ah! Hey, ask me my thoughts about Godsmack. Hey, what's your thoughts on Godsmack? 50-50. Huh. Yeah. There, you want to talk about about a band that's loving or hate him in new metal? Because I guess they count as new metal. Or butt rock. Like, dude, they're like <laughs> affliction level butt rock, bro. They were homies with those guys. With, with, with those kind of guys. Yeah, for sure. And like literally, like if you thought if there's a fucking like front man that looks like the fucking face of affliction shirts, yeah, he's the face <laughs> of affliction shirts. Sully. Yeah, which supposedly we're getting fucking butt trap where like dude like freaking young dudes are like now like worshiping old two thousands butt rock. Oh, fuck. I just know like fucking that punk rock NBA video this week. He's like saying it's like, dude, fuck Bitcoin, start flipping affliction shirts or pants. Fucking wait a year and then fucking write then sell it as vintage affliction shit for fucking like five hundred dollars. Oh my god. These fucking tiger freaking tiger <clears throat> print pant tiger print. Freaking hard wash jeans, bro. Like a thousand dollars. See if that fucking flips. I'm like, fuck. I might, I might be flipping affliction shirts. Maybe. <laughs> I don't know if I'll put in that energy, but fuck. So yeah, I gotta uh, see how the world goes. Like, I would fucking be disgusted with myself, but at the same time, it's like making money off shitty shirts isn't a half half bad idea. Get that fucking Brett Michaels freaking like sewn in long sleeve that has just oh, tattoo yeah, on the front. Yeah. Yeah, sorry. Freaking Ice Earth is boring. So, like, <laughs> cringing over Affliction shirts is way more entertaining. So, song. Like, this was a good Ice Earth album. Like, I genuinely enjoyed it a lot more than the other fucking ones. But. Yeah. Yeah. The- hey, just because we're Ice Earth, it's like, dude, this band's really good, but at the same time, it's safe and there's not much else to really say. It's like, big yeah. fucking whoop, dude. It gets, It's like, it, <clears throat> they got killer fucking songs at the beginning of the album. But then it just becomes a fucking drone. 
Yeah, so... But not like fucking Sunno fucking epic atmosphere drone. It's just like, it's the same fucking shit that just all runs together. That's what I was going to say. It's a by the this song, Song 5. It's by the numbers thrash song. Oh, fuck. I, th- I, think, ever. I think Midnight and Exciter would like the oh, song. Oh, this is like, oh, yes. Oh, stand alone. Oh, yeah. Fucking, yeah, stand alone. Yeah, yeah, stand alone. Which you, I actually was like, you know what? I'll give it this. It was a pretty good thrash song. Yeah, and I was like, like say, thrash is trash. <laughs> but this one... His, you could say like Elisa B. I was gonna. You can s- enjoy it. That's why I was you gonna say. You get the say fuck down. But that- then you hear fucking Matt Barlow's vocals. Like he needs to get a little bit more harder. But you know what? Good song. That's what I was gonna say. This song's better than most of the thrash songs off their older albums. This album. Oh, fuck, that's bro. what I was gonna say. This album truly felt like John like found himself as a creator. Like it sounds good. Like I listened to this song right five songs in. I'm like, man, this is pretty good. And I looked at the track list and I was like, oh. Fuck me, we've got eight more songs. That sounds horrible. So the solo interlude sounded good as well. That's all I got to say about it. Song six, again, started off like a slow country song. It sounds nice, really does. Then two minutes, it turns into hard-hitting hard hitting and electric. I'm like, look, bro, I get it. Metallica's Unforgiven's a dope song structure. Hit him with acoustics, then hit him hard for that solo. The bow, But was this also, like, picks up pretty quick, too, in the end? Yeah. Where, it, like, it's like, I'm sitting there, it's like, all right, this is kind of boring, pretty not metal nonsense, whatever. But then it, like, gets into the freaking other part. I was like, all right, I do like that song structure. Ballad beginning, but fucking hit it with a banger to finish out the song. I always like doing that. Yeah. And so, yeah, and it uh, starts off acoustic, hits hard for the solo bridge. He does so, this every does album. Does it start off with acoustic? Yeah. The same. Hey, it's a drinking <laughs> game. I think we're up to three now, where he oh, says yeah. start off with something pretty or acoustic. I'm glad you noticed that, because I did too. Yeah, dude, that's so, like what that fucking I stirred, bro. I'm telling you, it's so fucking boring. It's like, there's good songs, but then they also start running into each other. So the song is nice. It's cohesive. I say, I could say I liked it. It's a nice ballad. Cool. Song seven's another thrash metal song. It's like riff, choke, 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 double bass, you know? The echo on Barlow's a little funny, so he'll be saying something. He'll be like, Mia, Mia, Mia. You know, stuff like that. It's all right. It, it sounds like this is the point where the album just falls off and becomes it, a fucking drone. It feels like the middle of the album. Song eight starts, hey, do you like songs that start slow and about halfway through go hard-hitting rocker? Well, this one, this one's Didn't a little different. Did we just different. have that a couple songs ago? This is the one you were talking about where it goes, oh, hard, okay. it goes hard, then soft, and then a bridge for double bass for a bit. I think this was like the last point where the album was kind of entertaining. Like song seven just dropped. Yeah. This was like a little what ebbs, but then the hard bang was like, all right, this is sick. But then the, yeah. I just remember the last four albums or four songs or four, something. Last four songs because I can't fucking talk. These songs get so boring. You feel like These you're listening boring. to a whole album. Yeah. It's like with each song. Yeah. Now it's just fucking just a drone of fucking the same shit, bro. Honestly. They could have just cut out like the fucking like they could have cut out like three songs and they would even had a better album. But no, no, no. We must go an hour long with our fucking releases. Why bother? Fuck. An hour hour and one minute. God, they could have literally a better fucking album if it was like 35 minutes, bro. Fuck. It, shit, it could be a fucking time staple classic if they did that route. But no, we have to fucking add more songs. Fuck, bro. Kill me, dude. Yeah, Kill was, me. Yeah, this album's a mi- uh, 61 minutes, so. Uh, it does not it need produced, to be. Fuck, it, dude. For, I'm sure, dude, whatever the fucking <laughs> shit they could have cut out at four, and make it 40 minutes would have been, like, 10 times better. Yeah. Like, 10 times better. 
Why does no like? It, and obviously, this is an older time period where they made them how to do longer releases. And obviously, if you're pressing it out and putting on a vinyl, there is like a specific amount of time you do need to hit and write and stuff too. Yeah, there's a lot of those logistics and shit. But I think CDs were an actual thing around this time, maybe, or if it was still just vinyl and cassette and cassettes. Yeah, actually, I think vinyls were pretty fucking out in the '90s or so. At this point, and this is '98, so yeah. Oh fuck, then we're definitely <laughs> getting to the CD age. Song nine is really weird. It's a three and a half minute instrumental song about America. At least I think so because it's titled 1776. Hey, the reason why I listened to the fucking Ice Syrup because for freaking main man John Schaefer went and invaded the freaking capital for in the name of America. And I feel like the song. An instrumental, but this is that point where I realized I feel like I should have been paying more attention to the lyrics because I mean, Dark Saga was too, and I think all the other albums, but this is like the first like real like concept album. Uh, oh, shit. Hey, you knocked down your mic. So, like, freaking, you felt like this is the like chance where it's like, all right, I've made albums, but now. Since I'm such a fucking mastermind metal writer, my art. Yes, time to make a concept album. Write stuff as write an album, but as also a story where these (laughs) songs tell like an overarching thingamajig, mabob. Pink Floyd and Nine Inch Nails are the only bands I've ever like heard it like actually work. How about your boy King Diamond? Okay, King Diamond does too. Yeah, King Diamond. That's King Diamond. Yeah, like obviously he did like what like four fucking like. Story concept albums, but only like Abigail and freaking yeah, like yeah, yeah. them or whatever the fucking at one after Abigail was pretty were those, killer. Were those all his solo careers or were those with solo the career? Merciful, Merciful Fate, Fate was. Okay. I don't think Merciful those were just songs. Yeah. Okay. Like, no, no, I'm talking about the fucking like no freaking King Diamond had like did concept albums all the fucking that's time. That's what I mean, yeah, yeah. Well, that's all what fucking King Diamond did. He did like freaking knockoff Stephen King horror stories, but in music form. Yeah. I was born in the summertime. Well, whatever, yeah. Fades I was born in the Fades in the song ten. It's another sing along ballad. It's better than a few of the other albums. The song, ah, fuck, I did it too. It's better than a few of the other songs on here. You know, you know. I'm starting to think, and I, it's funny he mentioned that bit You're about getting the length. Fucking bored. I wrote here. I'm starting to think Ice Earth shouldn't do albums with more than ten songs. More than eight, bro. <laughs> fuck, and not fucking eight minutes. Not like eight songs but like one has to be like 12 minutes and the rest are like six to eight minutes long yeah 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 like literally hitting three to four minutes and maybe you can have your long one experimental epic where you go full fucking like hey i listen to russian yes and iron maiden (laughs) i could write a fucking prog song here let me fucking go at it bro uh yeah this is the point where it started to run together hardcore and the thing that sucks is that I meant what I said. This really feels like Schaefer found this footing in himself. And he is doing different things on this album. But the problem is... But because also we better listen to, songwriting, too. Yeah, and because, but, but the problem is because we listen to four fucking albums that sounded incredibly similar, the long length of this album Was retroactively that- works against it. Yeah, you're like, fuck, dude, it's a chore. And I wrote here, even though I can feel I can safely say this is probably the best I Earth album so far, I did like album two, and I thought Dark... I think it's some ways dark saga might be a little better but this is but pretty, this is primo iced earth this is primo iced earth like this is like the peak of iced earth becoming like the iced earth that is of legend well iced earth now is just a fucking like hey i'm gonna storm the capital and now the bandmates are like you know this could be a shot in a career like jamming music <laughs> and like literally we're hired guns but we still want jobs so yeah. we might have to just quit iced earth yeet S- later song, on have song- fun in jail bro <laughs> 
John Schaefer in jail is funny. So song 11, so, tell me if this sounds familiar. Song 11 is six minutes, and it's a ballad for about two minutes of it. Again, I like the slow parts, but <laughs> I wrote here word for word. Again, I like Same the slow shit, parts, bro. but this album is too long, man. Then the break between slow and fast parts. It's funny you mentioned yes, because it sounds like a yes, because it's like bah, and the bass goes bah. Boom, boom, ba, boom. It does this like weird thing a few times. And then there's a vocal interlude solo. And then song 12 is arguably the most power metal sounding song. Kind of. And then my exact notes are kind of filler. Um, dot, dot, dot. Chorus is nice. Dot, dot, dot. Uh, dot, dot, dot. Good solo. Dot, 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 dot. Barlow sounds like a god. Dot, 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 dot. Yeah, man. I just at that point I hadn't I I couldn't come up with anything else to say. Yeah, because it's the same shit. <laughs> song thirteen was Fuck, nine we're and a half done minutes. Yet? Oh my god! This is the last song. Oh god, please. Song please. thirteen is nine and a Yo, half minutes. No, this is was the same exact thing. Listening to the thing, how I'm reacting right now. It's like, fuck, are we done yet? You forgot how many songs were in it. Oh, I just know it was an hour and one, and I was bitching about that with fucking Slipknot. <laughs> so uh yeah it's nine and a half minutes it opens up with piano for a minute and a half and i'm like man that's a nice piano it sounds great pretty beautiful even but as soon as the time hits one minute 21 seconds bam triplets but you know what i was so jazzed on the dank piano that the cookie cutter uh thrash tasted a little better this song is about as iced earth as it gets it's thrashy power metal sound it sounded cool hearing him say something wicked come over the chorus uh, i won't say they struck gold with this song but i found myself not being as bored with it as i could have been the song's everything iced earth it's pretty but fast sing so- sing along choruses big epic choirs i was like huh this is the only song on the album that gave me that like epic feeling i remember like feeling from high school i don't think this needed to be nine and a half minutes but it was all right all right i just know the next ice Earth album horror show is like supposedly the most critically acclaimed i remember that being listening back in high school yeah like one of their most like i would frequently come back to that one pretty often that one was pretty good i just know bruh so do you want to continue with ice Earth or do you want to go listen to another new metal fucking trash gem I'll let you think about it. I'll let you think. Fuck, bro. I think I decided last time. I'm like, dude, I need a break from Ice Dirt. It's so boring. Let's go listen to fucking like (laughs) Rob Flynn where he shot himself in the foot the first time. But the first time made him money. I just thought I'd read some contemporary reviews here. Metal Storm gave the album 9.5 out of 10. They call it the most important release of Ice Earth, as well as a must-have. On the other hand... I think hand, it is, because at that point... Dude, those fucking first four, stale four albums, they needed something. Because here's like, <laughs> Ice Earth is weirdly, like, a good-sized international band. Like, maybe not much in the U.S., but fucking, like, I guess in, like, elsewhere, they're, like, fucking, like, a pretty, like... They do, like, draw some rabid fucking fans and stuff, so yeah. maybe this might have been, like... All right, guys, you guys are pretty boring and almost cookie cutter. Like, not half bad, but not that great. So. Yeah. On the other hand, Chronicles of Chaos called the album Tired, Tested, uh, Tried, Tested, and Tired. Bro, all, that all, was... mu- all music basically said, yeah, it sounds like the Dark Saga, but less inspired. Dude, it got less inspired in the end. Like, uh, it was inspired on side A, but side B, yeah. it's just fuck, dude. 
shoot me. It does say, despite the criticism, as you said, Burning Time, Standalone, and the Something Wicked trilogies received considerable praise. Metal Storm singled out Standalone and called the Something Wicked trilogy the best piece of music Eisner's ever had. Uh, all music feels that the band feels most at home during the trilogy. And uh, Burning Times of Standalone were also some of All Music's top picks. And apparently in 2019, Metal Hammer ranks Something Wicked This Way comes as the 11th best power metal album of all time. So some people were really stoked on this, but some people just, I think they were like Well, us. here's the thing. It's like, if they were like us, I think they were pretty overrated around the end. Because here's the thing. A lot of times, how an album ends could put your whole perspective on like, what you think it all sounds like. It's yeah. like, no, I'm going to give it its fair chance. If it starts good and strong in the beginning, I will note that. I have note that. But if it's yeah. just drones on in the end, I'm going to note that. Also, fun fact. Um, but you're, when you're writing an hour-long piece of music, honestly, it fucking sucks in the end. Fun fact, uh, the bassist for this, al- for this album is the same guy. He's been with uh, the band since 97 and he played with ice earth until 2004 but he also played with megadeth for about a year he's on the arsenal of megadeth and the one night in buenos aires dvd oh that's fucking killer yeah i don't really think he's done much but it says he's a professional bass player so he's probably like you know studio guy but yeah good for him here's the thing about ice earth bro all hired guns all killer musicians that's why the fucking guys of recent like decided to like hey if we want to continue actually jamming music we'll stop being in ice earth yeah we can get jobs elsewhere <laughs> so yeah new metal or ice earth what that's do you your feel? choice bro i picked the last time what are you feeling um do you feel jazz coming off this? Like, you know, what? I kind of want to go on the horror show now. Uh, you know what? Especially because you're saying that it, that people call it their best one. You know, yeah, let's let's go through horror show and then see where we feel, how we feel after that. All right. We're continuing on the last earth. You sound disappointed. <sighs> Dude, I'm fucking, I'm stuck with the ice earth, bro. Like, I'm going to finish it. We're going to do this. Oh, yeah. We're not going to be defeated. I'm not going to let the blue collar commando defeat me and freaking like I will listen to all his shit and freaking judge it with my fucking lens of musicisms and thingamabobs and stuff. Yeah. Ah, okay. Let's take a quick pause break. Mm -hmm. I feel like I'm needing it. Okay, sure. And then we can get into Daisy Love. Oh, this episode. All right. We'll be back, peeps. B. Breaking it up a little bit. Okay. 
อดจะมาเจอมาเดี๋ยวเดี๋ยวเดี๋ยวเดี๋ยวเดี๋ยวเดี๋ยวเดี๋ยวเดี๋ยวเดี๋ยวเดี๋ยวเดี๋ยวเดี๋ยวเดี
But all right. Uh, yeah, so, so with the return of the fling, to recap last time episode, the boys had to make Daisy a five-course meal. Yes. And they did so well that Daisy made them do a capacity bullshit challenge where they had to ask who they felt like is the most compatible and the least compatible. And then Sinister was very bitchy, and which in return made Daisy very bitchy and stuff. <laughs> and they had a little snafu. And then Big Rick was going full small PP energy and stuff because he was very <laughs> angry and stuff and was trying to say, I am the most masculine. I am most badass. Why won't Daisy choose me? Am I being, I'm, what? It's like, dude, you're aggro. I'm not fucking aggro. I could be fucking aggro, bro. I'm scared to go to fucking jail. I bleed red, motherfucker. <laughs> and then, yes, yeah, sadly, Big Rick got booted off the island. All right, Edward, sing the theme. You think you got the best of me? You, uh, shit. Uh, he loves me. He loves me not. Fuck. I, I got the damn. He loves me. He loves me not. You think you got the best of me? Do you think you got the best of me? You think you got the best of me? Do you think you got the best of me? He loves me. He loves me not. Are you sure about that? You think you got the best of me? You think you got the best of me? Check this. You'll never get to me. Vroom. Daisy of Love. Presented by VH1. Yeah. And, all right, the start of this episode, because honestly, for the most part, it's chilling. It's just kind of in the morning, and we see Sexy and Flexy, i.e. 12 packs and Flex, as they're just chilling, and they're basically just talking, like, yeah, dude, it's just us and the other two, which the fucking twins of Chi-Chi and Sinister. It's like the big, beefy, like, fucking, like, faux-hawk boys versus the freaking skinny, extremely tattooed up skinny boys from Chicago. Well, and, Flex is from Chicago, too, yeah. but. And 12 packs, like, it's not even a question who's going to the finals. It's not even a question in my mind who's winning. That's right. He's freaking confident as can be. So, he so finds, there's a diary. Yeah. And yeah. I literally didn't write down anything on the diary. I just wrote down, yo, fuck it. I don't care. I hope Edward gets it. Dear diary. Oh, fuck you. There have been it. so many bumps and turns on my road to love. Has now, there been? If there have ever been, fuck. Yeah, most of the bumps, can I, the bumps are her fault. <laughs> so, but or anyway. her boobs. <laughs> Because those can get in the way sometimes. Now that I'm down to my final four, it's time to see where their hearts really are. I think all four of these dudes have shown they're pretty fucking dedicated. Dude, they're fucking, yeah, they're fucking dedicated. Today, Flex, Chi Chi, and I are hitting the road. So for this, so she says the idea is for this date, no more challenges. I just want to spend time with my boys. With so the boys. So then Flex is talking about how he's glad it's just a date and not a competition because then, you know, he's like, I, he basically is just like, I've been getting my ass kicked this entire time. And, and I'm then feeling whooped, like sprain yeah. wrist, sprain ankle, been bloodied up, been burned. He was like, I'm ready to chill, but I'm still here to fight for Daisy. Yeah. But it's like, I don't want to die for Daisy, though. He was he was like Amber during the mud ball tournament. Except that was him for like four episodes. He's been burned. He's been hit. <laughs> oh, yeah. Amber from like season two of Rock, oh, of, Love, Rock which, of Love, which we have reviewed and stuff, where she, after playing mud football for Brett's affection, she was pretty beat to shit and her knees just were just like a gross, bruised they stayed up like that mess. for the rest of the show. Yeah. Well, I'm sure they were freaking like, we were watching episodes that were like released week by week, but I'm sure for her, each challenge was a day by day thing. So then they head to the desert and they see some 
Dune well, buggy. Well, oh fuck! I totally either missed you, misheard you, but uh, did you describe like, all right, we're gonna have two dudes go on a day date and like two dudes go on a night date? Oh yeah, I'm sorry, I forgot to mention that. My bad. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah so basically, that's the idea. we have like since Daisy decides no more challenges, she wants to n- get to know her final four better and stuff. So on a day date, Daisy takes Chi-Chi and Flex. Yes, and they're driving off in the desert, and Flex is just literally. Just sitting there, I was like, dude, we're in the desert. Am I going to get shot with paintballs again? What are we doing out here? I really don't want to get injured again. So what are they doing in the desert, my dude? They are, excuse me, they are in the desert and they are going to be riding some dune buggies. Like, so, and not like just a little chilling dune buggy, some pretty good size, like freaking ball. Some high rigged shit. Some like... Like a good like let's say like a hundred thousand dollar freaking Baja racer thing. Like yes. they can rent and mob around on this freaking dirt course and stuff. Which Daisy says I'm trying to get my boobs up and stuff. So it's all Daisy fashion. I love to go fast and I love to get dangerous. To me, it's like an orgasm. <laughs> Anything to add on to that? No, it's just like, Alright, so who drives first? It's like God damn it. Flex goes first. It looks, just for my personal taste, it looks dusty, bumpy, and miserable. Like, my head was almost starting to hurt. It was like, you're just, like dude, just watching them bounce. You're like, Ugh. Well, yeah, if you're fucking, like, been drinking nothing but fucking liquor and you've just been getting beat to shit, I'm sure it's like, ugh. Last thing I want to do is hang out in, like, high 80s to triple-digit weather, dry yes. desert shit, and mobbing around while it's dusty as fuck. French. Yeah. And Daisy though, she's she's all about it. She's like she's like, you know, I love to go driving fast. fast. She, I love to get yeah. dangerous. It's like an orgasm. She she finds his crazy driving a turn on. And da- Daisy's like Daisy's like, I find it dangerous and romantic, like Bonnie and Clyde. And I'm like, Bonnie and Clyde got shot. Yeah. Basically, yeah, because Flex, like, he's going for it. He's having fun. Dude, you're in a freaking good-sized off-road vehicle, and they're letting you have the chance. Like, dude, fucking rip it, jump it, bro. Go have fun. Yeah. And Flex, he's enjoying himself, and Daisy's just going, woo, this is some fun shit. Whatever. And, like, Daisy just basically pointed out, like, you know, one thing I like about Flex, he has a good, strong, outgoing nature. He is down to just go have some fun and just fucking do it. At this point, we cut back to the to the house, and Twelve Pack's trying to rile up Sinister about his Chi-Chi drama. Sinister, I just noted, he's laying in bed with the covers over him while but wearing a bandana. That's you know. So then Sinister decides to move out of the room. Him and Chi-Chi. Are yeah, it's like, dude, you guys been like same thing together. It's like, you know what? Fuck Chi-Chi. I'm gonna move on out. And like, like Twelve Pack's like, yeah, that's right. Become your own independent bro. Are you gonna be part of the twin? Or are you gonna be your own bro? Are you sinister? Is it sinister or is it sinister and Chi-Chi? Tell me. He's like, I'm gonna move out of this room and get myself a bigger room. Because why the <laughs> fuck not, dude? Everyone else is gone. Why not get a nice bigger bed in a private room? Yeah. Let's get real here, though. Now, so now it's Chi-Chi's turn to drive, and it's the total opposite. The car has some trouble starting for a bit. Oh well, no, it's because like. Chi-Chi, like, this could have been the first time him working a clutch. So he most, like, kept on stalling it. And I don't think he's ever driven a clutch before. And driving a clutch first time is definitely weird. But since it's a $100,000 freaking, like, off-road vehicle, I would have just told him, like, dude, just dump the clutch, get some, grab it up some gas, dump the clutch, and just go for it and stuff. Yeah. But yeah, so So I'm not going to blame him. (laughs) Like, I got my first like vehicle, the manual transmission for my own personal commuting. And honestly, it's kind of a bitchy clutch to drive it smooth. It's kind of takes a second. 
So then when he does get it going, it's, I mean, it still looks like it'd be fun, but it's still, uh, at the same time, he's like, yeah, I don't think he has that. I'm going to fucking just send it, bro. Let's fucking send it, bro. He's like, you know what? I'm going to just chill, cruise around, feel the bumps and like, hold on to Daisy, make sure that she feels safe. I want to like make, I don't want to make her feel she's in danger. Flex makes a joke. He's like, he's like, um, He's like, man, he says something to the effect of like, I know Chi Chi's going to keep it boring and probably going to keep it in third gear, whatever that means. Basically, he just kind of drove around like he kept it in third gear. And it's like he's driving it very cautiously. I'm like, not going to lie, kind of a wimp. So then now it's Daisy's turn to drive. And it's funny because she makes a driving Miss Daisy joke. Ha 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 ha. But I thought to myself, oh, my God, she's going to get them killed. And she almost did. She starts Cause driving. Because here's, here's the thing. Flex. He like tried to like full blast it, but he was pretty passive. He doesn't want to go too hard. Chi Chi, he doesn't really want to abuse it. But Daisy, she's like, let's just fucking go, bro. She just dumps the clutch. <laughs> she's just ripping a fucking donut. And like, supposedly she's just fucking foot to the floor. Like she's ready to just go for it. And she flips the fucking thing. Like literally, because one moment, because I'm sure she, like there's a point where she drives off course where most likely the terrain's definitely off-selling, and she's just freaking hammer it. She tries to, like, turn it sharp, but honestly, she most likely hit a bump where it offset the vehicle and flipped it over and shit, so. I don't know if she's a worse chef or a driver. So they get back to the well, house. Well, luckily, they're in a $100,000 vehicle that's full-on cage with mm-hmm. freaking, like, a five-point safety harness to, like, hold them in place, so. They were pretty good. Like, literally, like... Flex and Daisy, they flip the thing, like, Daisy flips it over, but Flex is sitting there, is like, bruh, it's a fucking thrill, and, like, dude, I've been in a vehicle when it freaking rolled over and shit, and honestly, it's an adrenaline rush, you're like, fuck, bro, that was sick. Oh, my God. Yeah, no, 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 don't listen to me, don't be going around, it's like, oh, yeah, let me go freaking, like, roll, get a, roll, get a freaking rollover in a vehicle, bro. So, Flips McGee and her boys get back home, and she wants to have dinner with Sinister and Dave. Yeah, like Larry's like, oh, I had a fun time in the desert, freaking flipped a hundred thousand dollar freaking vehicle over and shit. You know what? I'm ready to just chill, have some dinner, and hang out with Sinister and Dave. Slash twelve pack. Yes. Chi Chi sees the Sinister's moved out, and like they cut in some dialogue of him like calling Sinister an asshole, but just looking at his face and stuff, I think he just thought it was funny. He's like, Oh dude, I hate you right now, but that's so pimp. <laughs> and like Chi-Chi's like bummed that Sinister moved out of the bug bed and stuff, but it's like honestly, I see it. You know what? I support his decision. There's and nothing then, wrong with his thinking. It's like, dude, yeah. Chi-Chi, totally chill, total big dick energy. He ain't <laughs> tripping, bro. Then like f- his sister is good buddy. It's like, dude, honestly, if he wants to move out, get himself a bigger room, fuck. Why didn't I think of that? Whatever. I still so, love the guy. So Flex says and then Flex in the talk head says, no matter how many rooms they're apart, they're still going to be madly in love, and they should think about getting married. One's a rock star deviant, and the other one's a beautiful angel sent from above that kisses everyone's ass. So they're so together, they're going to make one huge ass-kissing rock star. <laughs> and I was upset because I couldn't find, like, like <laughs> like a, a, a rock star to clown on. I was almost like Chris Jericho, because, you know, he's kind of kiss-ass to fucking Michaels, me. that fucking kiss-ass of a human being. <laughs> He kisses up the senpai for sure. He kisses ass all the fucking time. So, but he also now, gets threatened by a fucking soy boy, freaking Chad Charles. Yeah, I'll never forget. <sighs> never forget when Brett Michaels got threatened by Soy Gates and his massive Chad energy. 
<laughs> oh, that was great. So yeah. So uh, it's dinner time. Yeah. What happened at this dinner date? So yeah, basically, I'm da- yes, I am now Dave slash twelve pack. So at dinner. <laughs> And spare me the notes. They're literally just kind of hanging out. They're munching. They're cracking jokes and stuff. And like literally like Daisy's like sitting talking to sister. It's like, what was your name again? Like, what was your real name? And it's like, oh, it's this. But I go by like Trip Lee and stuff. And 12 packs in there is like Trip Lee. I thought it was like Joshua Lee. And then there's a moment where Daisy's just like Joshua Lee. Oh, my God. That was London's name. And then we get a shot of like London sitting there. It's like, I'm a real fucking person. My name is Joshua Lee. I'm a real fucking person when he was being kind of like really bitchy to the fucking production crew and stuff because he was not having a stoked time like from episode four. And literally Daisy's sitting there. It's like, oh, like Daisy loses her composure. She's sitting there. It's like, oh, London. Oh, God. Oh, oh, London. And then basically, like, she's getting reminded of London, and, like, we get a hilarious line from, like, 12-pack. It's, like, very quiet, but he says, like, he's like, don't worry about this mascara, Mohawk, wearing donut, eating couch potato fool. And Daisy's just kind of bummed out. She's thinking of London. But for the most part, like, it's a chilling dinner date. And, like, I'm going to say this. I feel like Sinister was doing the most of the talking, cracking jokes for the dinner. But then as, the as like, the dinner, as the dinner winds down, Daisy wants 12-pack to take her back to her room. And Sinister... His stoke just drops. He's like, oh, another night where freaking 12-pack takes Daisy back to her room. Really, bro? What does Sinister do? (laughs) Unless there's anything you want to add on this dinner date conversation. I'm not trying to sound like an incel, but I feel like Sinister has like a valid point. I mean, he's like, like, I'm not saying 12-pack hasn't been trying. He has, but I feel like Sinister's throwing in a lot of effort without being like, you know, like I feel without being too cringy or over the top, and it just feels like just fucking Daisy just ignores the guy the most of the time. Oh, yeah, or at least like Daisy's not taking Sinister up to her room for a chilling night. She's taking Dave slash Twelve Pack, and she asks Twelve Pack to take her to the room right in front of Sinister. So Sinister's like, "All right, uh, you kids have fun. I'm a peace out." And then he goes into his room and just he wrecks it. Yeah, like literally, he just flips over Twelve Pack's bed and just throws all his luggage around, which I just broke down sinister becomes bitchy and tears apart 12 packs bed <laughs> so as daisy so daisy Ugh. invites dave into her, her room sorry I, here let me write what i said from like speech to text and this is what it wrote out to remind me of my notes fuck i just read out so daisy invites me to her room and arm ready <laughs> to have like a night of intense hot sex and daisy <laughs> ha 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 no, this is what fucking Dave says. That's right. Ah, uh, this is what Troll Pack says. He literally says, like, so Daisy invites me to her room. And you're like, you know what? I'm ready to have a freaking night of hot, intense sex. And then we get a great laughter with a freaking delay effect where he just goes, ha, 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 ha. He throws his arms up, out, leans back, and yes, ha, 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 or just something. It was great. He does an evil maniacal laughter and it's, I'm like, bro, how do you like, I like Sinister and Chi Chi and Flex, but I'm just like, how do you not love 12 pack? Dude, 12 pack's just the fucking man. Like we're supposed to hate him. <laughs> he's being douchey, but it's like, he's just like a gimmick, bro. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's great. So then Chi Chi and like so- when they're walking up, who do we see in front of Daisy's door? Just chilling on the ground. Chi Chi's just laying. He's like, Hey. Hey, hey guys! And, He's like, and hey, I just, wanted to see you. I had a fun day on today's on today's day. Like, oh, I had a fun day too. Fuck, I can't do Daisy. I think I blow my voice a little bit. <sighs> Sorry, I was gonna do Daisy, but I yawned. <laughs> I was gonna do you. Got, I gotta do this weird thing. 
you kind of got to do this thing with Daisy. But you ga- you got to you got to be like part diva, part kid, all bimbo. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> Where I mean? And she's like, I had a great date with you too, Chi-Chi. So they kind of walk past him. So you can't him. even do it too. We're both our voices are blown out. So they're like, so they walk past him and they're kind of like, oh, okay, that was weird. And then he decides, then Chi-Chi decides to camp so, outside know, her room. I want to see Daisy. I'm going to see Daisy. I want to see Daisy now. I love her super duper much. And Flex and Sinister just mercilessly roast this guy. Because he's like, are you literally going to camp out in front of Daisy's door? No one has ever done that on reality tv bro what are you doing guy oh god just just asking for it he's like and she's just like i don't care i don't care what the guys say and stuff i want to see daisy i want to show her i love her and i will camp out here all night meanwhile daisy and 12 pack totally bone you guys dude they're getting fucking hot and heavy bro they're freaking getting there and like daisy comes back with some lingerie and stuff and chi chi's like hearing them over talking there was a moment when they heard like possible boning and chi chi's like you know what fuck this what am i doing yeah <laughs> i'm gonna go to bed now i should go into actual bed i'm not sleeping in front of this yeah and then like yeah Oh, we get a hilarious freaking quote from Chi-Chi where he's just chilling in his bed. He's like, too bad my name isn't 12-pack where I'm on like eight shows and I'm like a fake fuck. Ah. <laughs> yeah, so he's just all freaking, he's all bitchy while 12-pack's just total Chad. Yes. He's freaking like, he's just like in there. 12-pack like, is I think what I think of now when I think of what a Chad is supposed to look yeah, like. Yeah, but he's like so cool though. Yeah, he's actually cool. Yeah, yeah. And like, you know what? You deserve getting freaking a little hot and heavy with Daisy. <laughs> Because it's morning now, and 12 packs and flex are talking. Hey, you want to hear what my want to see what my notes say? Because I didn't really go through and proofread it. Oh, absolutely! It's the morning, and 12 pack and flex are talking. And Tro pack basically <laughs> says he was able to connect with Daisy on a physical, mental, and all types level. Tro pack. Literally, it says Tro pack. <laughs> so flexor and Tro pack. Flexor and Tro pack. <laughs> Basically, yeah, we just got fl- like. Tw- <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. That's the where they sound. They sound like Ninja Turtles or fucking Transformer villains. Yeah, so freaking yeah. Troll packs just flex and's like, bro, I had an awesome night with Daisy. I connected with her on a mental level. I connected her on a physical level. I connected with all many levels, bro. This competition's in the bag. <laughs> and then we get a shot of Rackman. As he's answering, as basically he's waiting around and like he's answer and like he's waiting for someone to come up and answer the door because there's we hear a freaking doorbell ring and stuff and we also get a shot of him like yeah so I've been like got contacted by someone with emails and stuff and literally who's at the door got you guys fucking London he has returned. I didn't know about this. I literally wrote my notes because I was letting the shit play out and I was going to go back. I was like, so my notes literally just say this point. Next morning they wake up, blah, 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 fucking London. I was so mad. Yeah, like Rackman's sitting there and freaking like, you know, London showed me like true bravado and stuff and him messaging me saying it's like, it was a mistake of him like j- like freaking choosing to leave and stuff and like thought to stuff's like, you know what? I'm going to bring him back London and stuff. Yeah, that's basically what it is. He's been in secret talks with London this whole time. Secret 
talks. And London's London. just like, I, hey, I still feel for her. Can I come back, Lameo? Lameo. <laughs> and then, like, literally, like, all right, you want to talk to Daisy? He's like, yeah, let's go say with the hi to Daisy. So Ricky comes up to Daisy's door. He knocks on the do- <laughs> knocks on it, and fucking Daisy, Jesus Christ, like, I think she's, what you say she's supposedly twenty six, but she at acts this point, like twenty six at the time. Yeah, but she acts like she's fucking sixteen. What's the password? And, and then, then Ricky comes in, say, I thought you said what's up, has been. It's like. Ricky, I would never say that. I'm like, and I'm, I'm just think, like... I'm thinking to myself, I think he's heard that one a few times. Fuck, bro. <laughs> Doing this shit, he basically is a has... Dude, he was a has-been when he was on freaking Headbangers Ball, bro. I'm like, I bet you get that a lot, bad boy. Bad boy Ricky Rackman. Whatever, he made his money. He don't fucking care. Yeah. So, and he's like, sitting like, hey, Daisy. But for real, let's take a moment to be serial. I want I have someone to talk and I want someone to talk to you. And it's like, Daisy's like... Ricky, you're scaring me. What's up? And he's like, all right. Hey, come on in. And London walks in and Daisy's in shock. She's like, oh my God. Oh, geez. Oh my God. And she's sitting there just like, it's London, you guys. It's London. All right. You want to take it from here? You got anything to say? You're just going to have your mouth open. It's like, oh my God. It's London, London. you guys. (laughs) I'm sorry. Whatever, these is pretty emotional. Yeah, but yeah, no, she's 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 upset. Like it's so hilarious because I was like, Ricky's like, I'm gonna step out of the room, and Daisy's just kind of standing there, and like she just goes hi, and like London the goes shit, hi. I, I right here in my notes, the shit plays out like a fucking bad teen teen rom com. She's like stuttering and trying not to cry, and they hug, and then he's staring like a geek, and basically I transcribe more or less what he said. He was like, I I I. I I thought it wasn't real. I, I, it, uh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to hurt you. Like, that's basically his whole fucking thing. And she, and he says in his talking head, you know, I didn't expect an easy relationship. You know, I expect, you know, I expect excitement and all this shit. And I was just like, I actually, I'm being completely serious with you. His return and my mind doing mental math, seeing where this probably is and is going. I'm just like, I was like actually upset. I barely, I barely was able to take notes for the rest of this. It was so bad. I watched the episode on Thursday because I wanted to try to be responsible and not cram it all in on Friday night after work. So I get to the, it's, this is exactly halfway through the episode. I was so mad. I turned it off, went to bed, came back to it last night. I was still pissed <laughs> and it gets even worse because Daisy shoes him out and talks to Ricky because she's like, he's going to have to work his ass off and she's going to cry. She's like, I don't want, she's being a little bitch. She's like, I don't want to tell the guys. Cause Ricky's like, well, you got to tell him. And he's like, you're hey. jumping hard. All right. Let me take this back. All well, right. I mean, nothing much happened with their combo. I could be more descriptive. Yeah. So well, basically, fine. well, well, you're going like, uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, 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 yeah. I, 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 I thought this was fake. I like you. So basically, London tells a story where he felt like literally this reality TV show thing just felt more like reality TV show game and that their connection just didn't feel strip organic. So he's like, you know what? Fuck this. I'm leaving and stuff. And obviously producers were fucking with him too and stuff. But like freaking like freaking. But he like basically felt like honestly when I walked away and I I felt like our connection and stuff. And you know what? I was able to like contact Ricky and come back to the show. Whatever. And then Daisy's like, you know, I'm not too sure. It's like, it's like, you want to talk to Ricky? And then like, Ricky comes like, hey, you want to talk? He's like, yeah. It's like, hey, you want me? And London's like, hey, you want me to leave the room? Ricky's like, yeah. 
I'll talk. So R Ricky basically tells Daisy that he has London here so that she can like freaking concede that London's nothing special. That's Ricky's plan. He yes. brought London back. Just like, hey, I know Daisy's been thinking about this guy. And honestly, let me bring him back and just prove that he's just a freaking goofy loser. I feel like. And like literally you have <clears throat> genuine other dudes here and stuff. That I feel like that's bullshit though because like he and 12 Pack make a comment both in this episode and Talking Heads where they're like, oh yeah, Daisy's brought up London all the time or several times. I'm like, except for like the episode after he left where yeah, you have to acknowledge him. Hey, that's he hasn't been brought up once. Hey, that's editing, bro. I know it's editing, but it's stupid editing because it's like she didn't bring up London once until this episode, but they're like, oh, she's been bringing him up all the time. It's like, don't fuck no 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 don't insult my intelligence yeah the show didn't really present that to us that freaking she's been talking about london other than like the episode like the post episode when he left and then like this episode where they start bringing him back and stuff so basically daisy yes like literally like ricky tells daisy's like all right you're gonna have to break the news to the boys like why do i have to it's like it's your show these are your boys. <laughs> Be responsible. Yeah. We got London here. And like, honestly, you should just like break the news about London being here. And then Daisy like stumbles in the bathroom, contemplating about telling the boys about London and stuff. And she's like, oh my God. Like when I see London, I just get clumsy and nervous. <laughs> so Ricky has the boys gather and Daisy's there sitting there. like, all right, guys, someone came to visit me today. And you just see her 12 pack and a talking heads like, Bro, I hope this ain't no ex-girlfriend or anything. Oh, I'm like getting scared, not gonna lie. And basically, hey, come on down. And London returns and everyone's just not stoked. Everyone is pissed. The, the room just dies. And Sinister, it's like, just yeah. like, and like, oh, it's Sinister's talking head where he's just like, fuck. <laughs> he calls him local band trash. It's fuck, just, no, he just calls like, fuck. Yeah. This fucking local band douchebag why does she like him sinister's incredulous God. sinister's incredulous flex wants to kick his ass 12 packs like what the fuck and chi chi's like a subtler version of what the fuck but everybody's like what yeah the fuck? but chi chi is sitting there looking so icy with his white on white <laughs> fucking like he's all white and stuff and he's just chilling like a thug it's like dude he's looking very icy and just throwing out big dick energy like it's no problem <laughs> And stuff. So yeah, freaking Ricky then like to like freaking tells the boys that he called London back. He called London to call come back and stuff because he's been emailing. And then like Sinister is super fucking pissed, realizing all the stuff he's done and stuff. It's like, dude, I've done so much for this chick, and they just brings back this freaking local band douchebag bro and stuff and she and i just wrote that chi chi's looking very icy yeah so freaking daisy and ricky freaking leave and london just like just like he's got the biggest shit eating grin he just sits down on the fucking couch and stuff he's like hey guys i'm back he's just throwing like full chat energy yeah and stuff and like obviously london wants to shake like dude's hands like freaking 12 pack He's a total chat. He's not going to let this start. He's, he's like, not going to let him. He's not going to let him. He stands London, up uh, and he shakes freaking like London's hand. Flex yeah. does the same too, but like Flex is pretty fucking pissed. Yeah. But then Sinister, total bitchy. He's like, hey, it's like, no, I'm I'm fucking mad, bro. It's kind of funny. It's kind of funny because Ricky tried to like validate this to them by saying like, hey, man, there was just unfinished business. And they're like, but the, that's bullshit. Fuck you. And then Daisy basically pussies out. She's like, I need some time to think. Okay. So I'm going to go. And then Flex's like, oh yeah, sure. We'll just be here with London. It's just, 
Oh, you know, it's funny. Flex, uh, what happens next for the next oh, minute yeah, or dude, so? Oh, yeah, dude, Flex is just so bitchy. He's, like, sitting there. He's like, hey, all right, well, since why don't we just bring back everyone? Why let's don't bring we bring back Cage? Yeah, let's bring back Cage. Why not just bring back all these guys and stuff? And he's, like, sitting there. He's like, hey, Lennon, how about you and me? We can go fight in an MMA ring, <laughs> and then you can cook dinner and stuff like we did. And then Chi-Chi's sitting there. He's like, hey, London. I kept your boots, man. The brown ones that you stuff. I I kept them stuff. And he's like, oh, thank you, Chi Chi. Yeah. What happens next is like it's weird. Flex like Flex and Sinister just try to verbally assassinate the guy, but Chi Chi is such a simp for Daisy that he says in his yeah. talking head, he's like, he's like, you know, I'm cool with it. You know, I know she's got feelings for him, um, but I'm here to support her. You know, and then he's like telling because after twelve pack in. Um, Sinister and Flex bounce. Chi Chi's like, "Hey man, it's cool. You can bunk with me, man. It's cool." And he's like, "You know what, Chi Chi? Yeah, you're a total." He's cool got guy. such a big wiener. Yeah, he has this total big dick energy, bro. But <laughs> like, in a sense, he's totally simping for Daisy. Yes. But Daisy and Ricky or Rackman are freaking talking, and Chi Chi comes up to the room, and basically he comforts Daisy, and he just tells her basically, "Hey, I know with all this London stuff going on, I just want to tell you, hey, I do love you, and." I'm a real, I'm real, I'm real. I'm here for you. I'm a friend. I'm your friend, Daisy. It's all cool and stuff. And I just want to prove, and it's like, hey, with all this, like, London stuff, yeah, fuck, where did I, I totally lost. Whatever. He just comforts Daisy and tells her, like, hey, I'm a friend, Daisy, and there's nothing to worry, and just basically freaking, Daisy says that, you know what? London has to prove himself to be here and stuff, and Chi-Chi confirms, like, hey, I'm a friend, I'm real, and I do love you, blah, 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 and, like, yeah. Chi Chi bounces. So the next shot is Daisy's talking to London outside. And basically, they're pretty hot and heavy romantic. They're like face to face staring. God, I know. And Daisy says, like, you have to fucking prove it. These guys have been busting their ass and stuff. You have to fucking prove it. Like, and then I wrote down for some reason. All right. Daisy says that he has to fucking prove it, but she's being pretty chill in the whole about the whole thing. London's being a dork and stuff and says that he's here. And if Daisy wants to eliminate it, it's like, if you, if you send me out of here, I'm just, I'll, I'll just go hang outside. I'll just hide outside. I'll just throw like stuff at your window. Just calling you out, Daisy. <laughs> You're not going to like get rid of me that easy. Oh my God. It's so romantic. Yeah. And then like Daisy's like, all right, I'm going to got to get ready for elimination stuff and daisy's like center's like oh when i'm around london i'm like i get all nervous yeah. i get clumsy yeah. we see a shot of daisy just freaking like stumbling and shit freaking smashing onto her knees yeah she, like, Ouch. she 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 twips because ooh, ooh, i'm so clumsy around you london oh whoa <laughs> so it's elimination time uh now it's elimination and most we have is like, and mostly we start off with like Flex and 12 Pack and the pre-elimination talking heads about how like, you no, know, London's the biggest competition. And you know, what? if we're going to win Daisy, we got to beat the best. God. If we're going to be the best. We got to beat the best. God, this episode buries Chi Chi and Sinister so hard because the instant London's back, Flex and 12 Pack are just like, London's the only competition. <laughs> we have to beat to London. Yes. So yeah, Daisy, Daisy tells him, she's like, Hey, listen, I care about how you guys feel about him being here. So be honest with me. What do you think? Flex does what says what you said. Hey, beat the best. You got to beat the best. So I'll take him on. Chi Chi's like, yeah, let's do it. It's like, you know, I support you, Daisy. And you know, however you feel and like all that stuff, just simping 12, 12 pack is like, Hey, you know, if you want to be with me, you'll be with me. If you want to be with London, be with London. It's your choice. It's up to you. And sinister is like, I think he should have stayed home. But I fought to be here, and I'll keep fighting. I'm going to keep fighting. I'm going to stay. Yes. So I just wrote down Sinister's just being bitchy. 
He kind of is. So there's reason to be. So like literally, Daisy has like London just kind of sitting, like standing off, where other boys are on like the elimination like podium stage thing. But basically, Daisy says, "You have to fucking prove it." Like these guys work really hard. And then Daisy just reinstates them. It's like, all right, you can like hang out in the house. And I'm like, great proving, bruh. So it's elimination. Yeah, so who gets the shit? Yeah. So who gets the first pass? She decides to save a uh, twelve pack. Yes. And then it's flex. But since and we only got like four people, though, like for elimination, other than freaking one guy gets reinstated, it's now down to Chi-Chi and Sinister. Which Daisy last episode says like, hey, next elimination, one of you guys are going home. That's basically what's going to happen. So, ba- oh, fuck. Yeah, so Daisy goes on a spiel saying she doesn't like tearing apart Chi-Chi and Sinister's relationship. Daisy's a sustor is whatever the fuck it, like my what, thing. What did you say? Daisy a sustor. A sustor. <laughs> no, Sounds Daisy. Like a monster I, and a oh, oh, no, it's like Daisy asks Sinister if he understands how she feels about like what she's doing. Like she doesn't like tearing apart the relationship. And literally, it's like, you know what? At this point, I wish Chi-Chi wasn't here. Because, like, I have tunnel vision for you, Daisy, and stuff. And it just sucks that he's here, but I want him gone. And then Chi-Chi answers the same question, saying that he feels that, like, I'm here for a reason. And that chain is mine. Like, he's feeling confident that he's not going home. So Daisy tells Chi-Chi to come on down. And she just tells him how, like, awesome, how loyal... How loyal he is, and in still being like in all this heat and drama, he's still loyal to freaking sinister. It's awesome, but she just feels like she like Chi Chi can't detach himself from sinister in a sense, and she can't detach Chi Chi from sinister. So you know what? The final pass chain is not his. It goes to sinister, and sinister sinner is like, bro, what? Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, everyone's surprised, and Chi Chi just looks sad. I felt real bad for the guy because you know, like as soon as she says it's not for him, he just kind of starts tearing up, and she's like, "He's like, dude, he's all levels of devastated." Yeah, but you know what? Chi Chi leaves all sad, but he still leaves like a total thug that he is. (laughs) Yeah, he is. I I wrote here, "Sayonara, Chi Chi. You truly have the biggest piece." He's outside and he's like crying, like man. I totally was there for Daisy and stuff, but you know what? I understand. Like, Big Rig, he was aggro ready to punch out the whole house. Yeah. And when he got kicked out, he was balling up like a ball outside. But Chi-Chi, he's letting some tears roll down, but he understands the situation. He ain't tripping. Like, he fought his best, but you know yep. what? Sometimes it just happens. Sometimes you make it either the way, you make it far, but sometimes losers got to... So there, there has to be losers. Truly. And she, she had the biggest PP. Yes. Or at least she had the biggest PP energy. In the house. Yes. Yes. So Daisy <laughs> gives Sinister the last chain, and she basically tells Sinister that, like, you know what? Now you're not associated with Chi Chi anymore in my eyes. You're your own person. And now we get elimination toast. And while all the three other boys walk away, London still lingers down and comes up face to face, getting hot and heavy with Daisy. I'm just like, fuck. So in the credits, we have Flex dorking around with his toe, dressed up like Brett Michaels. And he's just sitting there. He's like, yeah, freaking rock and roll. And he's just sitting there. He's like, yeah, yeah, man, I'm going to get my own show. Rock of toe. <laughs> and that was Daisy Love, dude. Yeah, so fucking London's back and stuff. Do you want me to tell you any backstory from interviews about yeah, this? Yeah, I, I really want to know why he, like... Like, if you could do it without, uh, like, spoiling, like, the next two episodes or whatever. Yeah, uh, why the I'm fuck just gonna, did he come back? I'm just... Well, one, you could see, like, 
they got pretty hot and heavy and stuff. Like, you remember the early episodes? They're pretty hot and heavy and dramatic and all yeah, that shit. Yeah, they were into each other. But literally, I says, like, dude, like, the production crew was fucking with them and all this stuff, too. So he's like, dude, yo, has anyone just denied a chain? Fuck it, I'm just gonna leave. But when he's leaving out, freaking Daisy, like, hands him a freaking, like, a production person comes up and hands him a little note from Daisy saying, like, hey, I do think you're kind of cool. And, like, all these other guys, eh, they're all right for the most part. But I feel like I got, like, I feel like with you, I actually feel like I can, like, I felt most so far, like, right off the bat, attached with you and stuff. But, like, hey, let's talk by email. So, there, London goes home, and he's talking with Daisy by email. But she kind of goes quiet at one point. But then at freaking one point, the production people reach out to him. It's like, oh, hey. It's like, hey, I want to, like, talk to Daisy. What's going on and stuff? It's like, you know what? Hey, if you want to talk to Daisy and stuff, why not just come back to the show? So, he got invited back to the show. Are you oh. just listening to that double bass? No, I'm just letting it all sink in. I'm just like, oh, okay. Okay. I don't know why they wouldn't just, why didn't they just weave that into the narrative? I mean. Well, because you think VH1's good at setting up editing a good narrative? We've been <laughs> complaining about this since fucking Rock of Love. VH1 <laughs> blows fucking cocks when it comes to freaking creating a good story. Because that would have actually been All they do is make dudes high up on liquor and make them do stupid shit now, and don't call get me television. Wrong, I was genuinely pissed because I think it's bullshit he got to... from. If we're looking at this purely from canon, he dips out and he's just like, hey, I've got ooh-ooh hard eyes for Daisy. Can I come back, please? No, he's like, ooh. No, it's like, they're just like, ooh-ooh, ooh-ooh. Yeah. And then it's like, hey, let's just talk by email. Let's be pen pals. But then, like, they're pen paling. And then... Well, it seems like VH1's like, no, no, no. You can't talk to London anymore. No, 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 no. Go away, Daisy. And I'm sure she's like, oh, I'm talking to London. It's like, hey. Hey, Mr. Joshua Lee. <laughs> it seems like you're still talking to Daisy and stuff. And we kind of like you enough. Would you like to come back on the show and add a little drama? Yeah. I was upset he came back because it invalidates everything the other guys have gone through because three people have walked out on the show for very it was it's him, it's him Brooklyn and Cage and I'm and he just gets to come back so if we're looking at it purely from the narrative I think Sinister and Flex had every reason to be as pissed oh, as they were oh fuck dude you'd be super pissed they had all the reasons like fuck dude like the biggest competition because you can kind of see as the show like Daisy like Seems pretty attached to London for the most part. For them, it's like, fuck, dude. We've been working our ass off. And then this fucking mascara guy, mascara mohawk guy comes back. And it's just like, fuck this. Fuck this guy. Yo, fuck this guy. But it's like, obviously, Flex like, you know what? I'm going to fight to the end. I'm not going to let this London thing beat me. Yeah. And Sister's just like, he's a local bad douchebag. I'm fucking playing, do I play bass for dope and stuff. I'm way fucking cooler, but Daisy's still like freaking going on like, ooh, with this guy. And he stuff. doesn't sound that whiny. He's coming off that whiny, bro. It's just because he's new metal. I think it's just because he's sinister. Look, you're being genre, John. You're being a genre, genre. I'm not attacking genre. I'm checking this fucking like chiseled jaw, freaking like skinny boy. He's got a chiseled jaw and he's yes. very small. Yes. Ah, oh, anything else or should we wrap up? No, I think we're good. Um, Rock of Love next week. I Daisy of Love. Fuck, Daisy of Love. The Brett Michaels Cinematic Universe continu journey continues. Yeah, next week. Attack on Titan. Yeah, where we'll probably we get even more paranoid how they're gonna fit the last shit into the last two episodes. Yeah, Attack on Titan's gonna get hot and heavy and wild. 
I stir up this motorcycle and be the same boring good shit. And then freaking Daisy alum. Daisy's bringing in the ex-girlfriends, guys. <gasps> Simple drama, you dudes. Oh, All right, this is great. the Doctor That Danger Radio Show with your hosts, James and Edward. I've been Edward. Adios. Have a good one.